Hello everyone and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss everything Mo, from modern orthodoxy to my opinions and more. I'm your host Evan Harris and we have a great guest for you today. Let's get to it. Before we get started, I just want to put out a disclaimer that this podcast was recorded in the summer of 2022, so if you hear anything that makes it sound like it's the summer, that's because we recorded in the summer. Today we're sitting down with Yoni Gelfand. How are you, Gelf? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. So before we get started, I just want to ask a, a quick question. Will the Yeshiva League exist in 25 years? 100,000%. Okay, so before we dive into that, let's just dive into your background. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? All the good stuff. Okay. Um, so I grew up in Muncie. Um, I don't know if a lot of you know about it, but Muncie is a very, very from orthodox community not so modern um so that's where i grew up and i went to sar uh, like while i lived in muncie which is i'm sure a lot of your listeners know very very modern orthodox like the epitome so i had that definitely like duality of um of jewish cultural like uh jewish culture and like friend circles all the way from yeshivish to modern so i had definitely um i would say a a different perspective towards towards uh like Jewish people growing up. Um SAR, then went to like Dora Golding, worked at Misora, um, went to Oraita year one and year two. That's where we met, and then went to Brook. So lots of Jews over that over that period. Um that's kind of where I grew up. All right, very cool. And so how did you decide to go to SAR? And was it kind of a shock to you first going to SAR or was it something you knew was going to be the the modern orthodoxy of the school? So it's a good question. I would say definitely not going in because I was I was there since kindergarten. Oh, okay. So, um, it was actually more of a shock to experience Muncie later in life because when you're that young, you don't really like know anything about Muncie. But I grew up like more modern orthodox and you know with that kind of crew. So when I developed like friendships with people around Muncie, that was actually way more of a culture shock. Like they found out like, whoa, you, you learn with girls. Like you talk to girls, like what the heck? Like it's insane. So it was cool to like experience both because even in SAR, they're like, where do you live? Like, and I'm like Muncie and everyone lives in like New Rochelle or Riverdale or the city and like really modern places. So it was cool, you know, for them to also, you know, come for Shabbat and, and see kind of like firmer communities. Um, where I where I grew up, it was a little more modern than like the Muncie that we all think about when we think Muncie. But no, it was definitely like being friends with all these like yeshivish guys who, you know, start smoking cigarettes at like age 13 <laughs> and like don't know what a girl is until like age 20. It's like it was definitely a shock to them more than me, but still a shock for sure. All right. Yeah, that's very interesting. So let's hone in on SAR high school for a second. Would you mm -hmm. say that everyone who was going into SR high school in ninth grade was pretty similar religiously? Like your whole grade was pretty similar religiously? So yes and no. I would say, um, it's a good question. I would say in ninth grade, we're not really thinking that so much. Mm -hmm. Like we really just like kind of do what our families do. So it was, yeah, there was kind of, de there were definitely more frumer families um, around my grade, but yeah, in like eighth and ninth grade, it's like the concept of like eating dairy out, you like, you get introduced to that as a concept, you know, like, whoa, like, 
from my perspective, it's like my family doesn't do that. So you definitely get everybody in the entire gamut of, of religiosity for sure. And then at the end, at the end of SAR, like as you were graduating, did you see like various different takes and opinions and people were all doing their own kind of thing at that point or still similar? Yeah, definitely. As like, as you get older, as like we got older in high school and you start like hanging out on weekends and, you know, there were a lot of people who, you know, like didn't keep Shabbat and kosher. And that was kind of like, that became more normalized, I would say. Um, but there, yeah, there were still like a subset of people that were like actively religious. Again, it's like, it's 12th grade senior year. We're not really like thinking about that so much. So even like the religious kids, it's not like the religious kids you see post Israel where they really take like, you know, like a, like a stand and a hold on it and like make it their, their own. I would say it was, it was definitely more towards the non-religious side. Gotcha. Okay. So you might not know the answer to this because it's been, I don't know how many years since you graduated high school, but have you seen any change in SAR since you left compared to when you were there? Um, yeah, I would, I, I would say that it's a lot more left leaning, I think politically, <clears throat> again, I'm not so political, so like, I don't have much to say about it, but, um, and again, I'm not, I'm also not there like every day. So I don't know like the religious dynamics, yeah. but I would definitely say it's gotten a little more left for sure. Gotcha. And where do you live nowadays? So my family actually moved after my Shana bed, we moved to Riverdale. So I'm there right now, but I live in the city, 81st in Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Right, very nice. In the heart of the uh, modern Orthodox. Uh, gotcha. World. On the Upper West. All right. So out of the places you've lived, not including the city, would you consider moving back to any of them? Muncie, Riverdale, as as when you start a family? It's an interesting question. I actually go to Muncie a lot now. And um, be, like for gigs and stuff, I sing on weekends. So I do a lot of stuff in Muncie. I love it. I would definitely move back there because I also like became friends with a lot more yeshivish crowds like after college. So I would definitely consider that Riverdale. Not so much. It's a lot like it's a it's a little like not my speed um, in terms of the people here, um, the city for sure. And uh, yeah, I would say Muncie for sure. Gotcha. So let's talk about gigs, right? So you are a singer. What yeah. what are you doing full time now? And how's your singing career going? Good question. So I just quit my job in like end of July and did like a six week trip around the world. Um, so right now I'm just looking for something else, but you mentioned the gigs. That's a, like a side hustle. That's definitely keeping me like more than afloat at this point. So I'm, I'm definitely not like eager to jump into anything right away. I want to like kind of take my time and find something that, you know, fits. Um, the gigs are great. We just did, um, I just did a wedding last night. It was in San Diego last Shabbat. It's definitely picking up, you know, you know the Jewish world, they, they do a lot of events. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's definitely, um, something that's keeping me afloat now, but we'll see. Would you see say that your background of being from Muncie going to SAR kind of led to you having a lot of connections in this Jewish event world and kind of like all over the map? Do you think that that helped you? I think for I think it for sure helped like cultivate my love for Jews. Like I I love Jews. That's like a thing about me is like any type of Jew like I love. So it's definitely that helps in creating connections and, and for sure. Um, in the yeshivish world again, like right even in the middle of, of COVID, like I didn't know like I barely knew any yeshivish people outside of like of Muncie, um, and I got introduced like randomly 
to a group that like their main clientele is is yeshivish. So that's how I got hooked up there. But definitely like the modern world, it's it helps. So gotcha. This entirety of the Jewish experience. Gotcha. And you mentioned that you took a trip around the world. So what was that about? Where'd you go? What are all so, the details there? Um, I staffed a birthright trip in um, end of July for like 10 days extended. Then I went to, I went back home to do a gig and like spend Shabbat in the city and then flew out to Chicago for a friend's wedding. Um, sang there then flew to Vienna for two days, then South Africa for a wedding. And then I went to Burning Man. Wow. So all these weddings you're doing, does it get tiring? How do you decide? Have you ever rejected an offer for a wedding? How do you go about choosing what to do? And also what was Burning Man like? <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll start with the weddings for sure. <clears throat> so weddings, like you would think they get tiring, but I, I love it. Like I get, I'm an extrovert. So I get all my energy from like big crowds, people, community. Like that's really where I get like most of my energy. So I love them. Um, you asked about the weddings. I forgot your second question about the weddings. Yeah. Do you ever say no to, to weddings? Yeah. So rarely I like to do weddings when I, when they get offered, cause I'm not Simcha I don't get hundred offers a week. So I like to do them, but if like, truthfully, if the bride and groom are like really like sticklers for every little detail and, and the budget's low, it's like, is it really worth it? Maybe I'll ship it off to a friend, but I'll never flat out be like, no, not interested. I, I'll, I'll sometimes be like, Hey, I'm not available. Or, you know, like this doesn't really seem like it would be a good fit. Maybe my friend could do it. And then always just, it's always a referral system. I think. Gotcha. Cause then you're and making a connection the other way. So for sure. Yeah. And then what was Burning Man like? Burning Man was insane. Um, it's like a city that arises in the middle of the desert, like seemingly overnight. And um, like there's no electricity, there's no running water unless you bring it. So um, it was definitely awesome to like meet people from different worlds, like completely different worlds and connect for those like those five days. Um, it was gross and dirty like I didn't shower for like eight days. I don't know. <laughs> what? Appropriate to say, whatever. That's it. it is what it is. There's like sandstorms. You're like, whatever people are wearing, whatever they want. It's like a lot of the, the vibe of burning man is like radical self-expression and like mm -hmm. inclusivity. So <clears throat> it's a lot of people just dressing and expressing however they want and just inviting you and including you into everything. And the coolest part is that it's like a gifting economy. So like there's no money there. Like right, right when you step into the the gate of Burning Man, there's like eighty thousand people, and it's a gifting economy. So you're like walking around to different booths or different camps or you know like different parts of the <clears throat> of the desert where people set up shop, and they're like begging you to take their stuff. Like please have a beer, have a mimosa, like have this apple. Like they're just like begging you to take their stuff. It's like it's incredible. So. Definitely the the self-expression, the inclusivity, the gifting, um, <clears throat> like the economical, sorry, the uh, environmental impact that they have. Like there's this thing called like matter out of place. That's how they call garbage. Um, and it's like leave no trace. So you have to pick up everything. There's like not a speck of garbage on the ground. Everything's like spotless. And a week after Burning Man like concludes, it's just, it's a desert. Like you would never know anything was there. So they really have like a crazy environmental impact and 
again, like everything I said, it was like really, it's like a spectacle. Like it's like something you've never seen before. So it was very good. It was very good to meet people from different backgrounds. But you step out of the, even though I love Jews and love the modern Orthodox world, to step out for six weeks and like really experience that was was special. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like a once in a lifetime experience and something seemingly that you would recommend to others. I think everyone should do it. There's there's something for everyone there. I would say every single person, there's something for them. All right, very cool. And so just to go back, just because I'm realizing as we're speaking, a lot of your religious life has been a little zigzaggy. And what I mean by that is that you grew up in Muncie and then went to SAR, which is kind of like to the Muncie people that might seem like a little strange. And then from SAR, you went shun a bet, which to the SAR people might seem a little strange. And yeah. so I'm wondering if you've ever got it. I don't know if hate is the right word or just like judged from either camp for making a religious decision and how you deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I definitely think my religious life is far from grounded for better, or for worse. Um, like on the one hand, it's like, like your rabbis always tell you, like, if you don't have, like, if you're not grounded, if you're like, like whatever, like where, what's your religious life really mean? Um, I battled with that for a while, but I think at the end of the day, like, I think I value having a more holistic view of everything. And I, I kind of don't like being grounded. It's not really my style. So like, if that makes me like, if people call me, I don't know, like fake religious or, or like, I don't know, they, uh, it doesn't really bother me at this point. Um, yeah, like I'm again, like I've come to the, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not grounded that much um and it's a lot about community for me like i realized like halfway through my college experience that like my religious life and like and like observance and belief and everything like hinges like unhealthily on community mm -hmm. so if again so all right to like shana Aleph, like you're in that community of <clears throat> of like non-stop inspiration and fire and these like deep conversations and this like, wow, I've never seen Judaism in this lens before. Like, obviously I want to stay Shana Bet and you're, you're caught up in that world. Um, I don't think that makes it fake to me. I think that makes it like, is what it is. Like it's, it's community oriented. Like Chabad Bowery, like you get there and like these really cool people that you look up to, like are, are sort of religious and they go to davening every day and they lead learning and like you're singing and who doesn't want to be a part of that. And then kind of when that ends, it's like, it's like Judaism, like for me, it, it must take on a different, a different meaning and a different, you know, face because your community is changing. So like, I, I think a more grounded person would, would look at those experiences and be like, what stuck with me? You know, Judaism is important to me. Let's, let's find something that let's, let's proactively look for a community and find those kind of things there with me. It's like, it's different because Again, like I'm single at this stage, which I love. Um, I, know, I know we're not talking about relationships at, uh, on this pod. Maybe that's another episode, but I have the unique, um, um, like I have the unique lifestyle to make these kind of choices to like jump from community to community, which like I'm a social butterfly. So that, that works for me. Um, my community now is like a little fragmented. So that's where my Judaism is. I think my, like, as I'm saying this, I realize that like my Judaism directly mirrors my community. So um, I'm in like the acapella singing community. So that's like 
that's like fragmented by nature. Like you're with a different group every week and there could be like weeks where you don't see each other and whatever. So I don't know if any of that made sense, but. Ah, I think it all made sense. Very much community oriented. So do I get hate? Maybe, but. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that definitely made sense and brings us to like a nice point where you recently made the move, right? I think it's pretty recent to the Upper West. Yeah. And so you're back in a community. If you choose to be in it, obviously you could live here and not be a part of it, right? But you're the person who loves community. And so at the same time, you have gone on the record. I remember years ago saying how much you love the Yeshiva League. And so, which is a hot take to a lot of people because some people associate those words with the negative connotation of people being judgmental and people being clicky and things like that. But now you're you're back, basically. You're back to the Yeshiva League. And so I'm wondering if you've really had a taste of that yet. Are you looking forward to being back? What do you think about this Upper West Side community compared to maybe downtown or being in Yeshiva, like going, you know, being in the old city, obviously, you still have a lot of people there. So have you noticed anything yet about this area that's different? And what are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. Um, so... After I graduated to COVID, I lived at home in Riverdale. So that was like end of 2019 to like beginning of 2022. So that's a long time. Yeah. Over two years. Um, There were ups and downs for sure. But like long story short, I think living on the West Side was one of the best moves I've ever made in the last like five years, 10 years, whatever. Um, And I, I get it. Like I get why people... Associ- have negative associations and connotations with the Yeshiva League. I get it even more with the Upper West Side after living there for three months. Um, and it resonates with me. Like the first two months of living on the Upper West Side, like I didn't want to see anyone. It was like overwhelming. I was like, it's so classic. Like I, like, it's not like I don't think those things too. Mm-hmm. Um, when people think of the Yeshiva League, they think of like cool, rich boy guys and girls that are just like, they're clicky, they're <clears throat> exclusive, like, that's why a lot of people had gripes with the Chabad Bowery and wanted to move towards like the Hillel when I was in college. Bottom line is I, I get, I get the negative parts of the Yeshiva League. I get it. And I felt them like the most in Chabad Bowery. There was like weeks at a time where I'm like, I hate this place. Like it's so classic. It's so like, everyone's like hot and no one's friendly and like F this place. I get it. And especially with the Upper West Side too. Like there was one Shabbat where I go up into like, that kiddish room in the young Israel Upper West Side, I walked like two steps in and I'm like, no. And I just like walked out and just like went to someone's apartment and it was just me and a friend. And I'm like, I can't do it. Like it's again, it's like a, it comes from a desire to be introverted. Sometimes it's like people are unfriendly. It's overwhelming. I get it. I get all that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you would not trade it for anything. And I promise you that because I went to people, I went to school with people in Baruch. I had friends in Baruch and they know zero people in the city. They, the city is like, is like a war zone to them. They're looking around and it's not home. And it's like, they know like two or three people. They have like two or three friends. And they're like, oh, do you know anyone in the city? And I'm like, I can't stop myself from naming people in the city. Like you can go Upper West Side, Tribeca, downtown, <clears throat> the Heights, Riverdale, anywhere. And you know, like at least four people, five people. And if you hit them up for anything, I need some food. I need whatever. I want somewhere to stay. Put me somewhere for Shabbat. You'll get it. 
Teaneck, five towns, anywhere. It's like, it's insane. Even like, I don't know how we should have defined Yeshiva League before this, but the way I define it is like anyone who grew up modern Orthodox. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Thankfully, I've also like, like branched out a little bit, like I've mentioned to like Yeshivish worlds, but we're not there. But I think Yeshiva League is like, even people who like deny that they're Yeshiva League, they're like, what? I'm friends with like non-Jewish people and like, I'm not religious. Like, I'm like, you're Yeshiva League. Like, if you know, like a list of like these 10 names, like classic, (laughs) like you're Yeshiva League. But the reason why I love it is because like, it's a club unlike any other. There's... I was on the train in Jerusalem, going from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv, and I was just thinking about like how many people I even know in Israel. And it's like, I know people in Tel Aviv, Modi'i in Jerusalem. It's like the fact that you have like actual homes in these places and you can hit up anyone from anywhere. It's like, it's a special thing. So again, I'm not saying that people are, I'm actually saying the opposite. I'm not saying people are, are crazy for hating on the issue league. I hate on it more than anyone. And I hate on it as much as the next guy. I have social anxiety towards it. I left for six weeks because it's like, it's a, it's a lot. And you want to experience other cultures and worlds and as, as much as you want, like you should do that. And you should experience other cultures and definitely get out. I think it's unhealthy to stay in the same place for a while. But at the end of the day, you should want to come back to your to, to the best club on earth. Yeah, I know. I think it's definitely a great outlook because everyone experiences this social anxiety that you're talking about and it definitely gets overwhelming especially when you do it over and over i remember i had like a work trip obviously much smaller degree than um going around the world but i had a work trip to charlotte like last year and there's no there are no i mean i didn't know any jews in charlotte or anything like that but like when i got back like i was kind of upset like i was kind of and it wasn't like i was having so much fun there it was just like like oh back to the same old same old but at the same time like yeah it's great to get that time away but like it is this is this is home you know knowing so many people is home and so definitely a positive message so we're gonna go into one of our segments we're doing here for this yeshiva league bundle called let me paint you a picture i'm gonna have you build your perfect yeshiva league high school based (laughs) on you could choose any school for these four categories academics sports judaic slash religiosity and school spirit so it's academics yep sports yep what was the third one uh judaic slash religious attitude judaic slash religious and and school spirit yes so i pick like like my my top one for each of these correct oh, i love this okay I'm very Yeshiva League, so talking about high schools is like my favorite. <laughs> Academics. I think you gotta go Ramaz. Okay. In a close, close second is SAR. And I think they're actually like on the upswing, if not already passed. But I'm thinking of like my year. I don't like really care where they are, where they're at right now. I'm thinking yeah. of my year. And I think I gotta go Ramaz. They're a lot more like competitive and elite and Yeah. So Sports, I think I got to go DRS. I just remember them being like amazing at every sport and their fans are sick and all the parents just like go to DRS and grow up and go and go to DRS games and then <laughs> yeah. rinse and repeat. Got to love the five towns. Um, I'm a little more, I have a little more leeway on hating on the five towns, but that's whatever. Okay. Um, 
Judaic and religious? Hmm. I'm going to have a weird, a weird choice here just because when I was in my year in Israel, everyone from the school was like low key, like fluent in Hebrew. And like, I don't know how they are in like, in like Torah and whatever, but if all their kids are fluent in Hebrew, like you're golden. So I'm going to pick Flatbush for that. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's not that Yeshiva League, but again, I, I it's think acceptable. It's, yeah. For, according to your definition, definitely acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not picking MTA. Like I just, I yeah. know, I know I would be less religious if I went there. So, um, and I'm only picking, I actually had another school, but I'm picking them for school spirit. So, um, I'm for school spirit. This is the easiest one. I'm picking fresh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like everyone I'd... loves that place. Like I even have swag from there. Like I, <laughs> I was like in, in my high school experience, I was like, I wish I went here for like a week. <laughs> but, um, I wanted to pick them for religious because a lot of people actually like fall in love with Judaism when they're there, but can't pick through school. So that's my thing. All right. Sounds good. So academics of Ramaz, sports of DRS, religiosity of Flatbush, and school spirit of Frisch. Very nice. Right. So moving on to the Mopod lightning round, I'm just going to fire off some quick questions. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay, let's do it. What is the most Yeshiva League school? Oh my God, such a good question. Most Yeshiva League school? Hafter. Okay. What is your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Morocco. Okay. How many streaming services is too many to be subscribed to? <laughs> streaming services? Like what? Like Spotify? Like, no, no, no. I mean, uh, more like <laughs> Netflix and like yeah. Netflix, Hulu, Prime. I would say five. Five is too much. Okay. Sour sticks or sour belts? Sticks. Did you take karate as a kid? Yeah. And like, in like kindergarten, I got my, I got winded and I never went back. <laughs> Has it helped you out in life at all? Definitely not. Okay. As they always say, I, you know, my parents always tell me to take karate. It's going to help you out later. Yeah. I haven't been in a situation. Thank God. How many pairs of socks should someone own? Oh, I'm, I'm high, like 20 to 25. God, how many times have you coughed in your lifetime? 10,000. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it, I if I cough like like one coughing session, is that one cough or is that like 30 coughs? I don't know. We're going to have to let the listeners decide. Thank you, Yoni Gelfand, for coming on the Mopod. Anything else you want our listeners to know before we sign off? Love all juice. All right. Pump the volume. Pump the volume.